this is like their their worship for God. That's how much they love God that they're willing, like it's nothing for them. Like that's something that like we have to remind ourselves and like that even with our friends, like you're not alone. Hey guys, welcome back to Keep It at 99 here with another episode. And today um, I'm here with Kiro again, part two or part one of our series. It's one of the parts of our uh, series together. Um, so thank you, Kiro, for coming on to the podcast. Happy to be here. Um, so today's topic is also another Coptic topic, and today we're going to be talking about um, the Coptic Orthodox Church's like mission work and outreach, and kind of like you know how we can apply those lessons that we learn in missions, both abroad and at home, in our own personal and daily lives. So my first question for you, Kiro, is what type of like mission trips have you gone on? Um, like kind of like what mission work have you have you done? I mean, when it comes to missionary trip, um, the first one that comes to mind is my Kenya mission trip. Um, this is one where we join Embabolis, and he takes our group, and we make visitations. We do projects, so that could be like helping build the church, which is like like complete manual labor. So it could be like shoveling or putting like the stone together. Like it's an actual like we construct the church from the bottom up, right? It could also be uh, helping out with health issues. So we had like a doctor on the trip and there were some people that like needed help, you know, they didn't have enough money to go to an actual hospital. So then for me, since like, I'm not a doctor right now, I'm, I'm, I'm 18, um, I would just help out like the doctors, help them get whatever they need. And like, you'd see stuff that like, that you wouldn't see anywhere here, you know? Um, so yeah, that's the mission trip in Kenya. And I mean, it's, it's just a different type of mission trip based on where you are, you know, like there's different approaches you have to make because each country has their own issues. And that requires a different way of approaching those people that live in that country that grew up in that culture. So, you know, you have to like adjust to how it is in Kenya versus here. And here, you, some people could find it more difficult here some people can find it more difficult in like Kenya or, or Zambodi or any other country they're perf- doing mission work, you know? Yeah. So likewise, I did an Africa mission trip. I went to Zambia. Um, and it's very, very similar stuff, manual labor, visitations, um, just kind of like, you know, just kind of just talking about God, other people and mm-hmm. like showing them and stuff. Um, so that's one type of mission. Another one is local mission trips. I've been on a few of those and those, they're different, but they're also very similar in different ways. So I kind of want to get into like, you know, obviously, you know, here in America, like you're not nece- not necessarily like building stuff or doing physical labor, but you know, what are kind of like the similarities in the two services? I mean, there's a different like, again, the approach is different, but the mission at the end of the day, it's the same. It's bringing Christ to those people because you could be the only light that hap- that goes to them their whole lives, you know? Like, some of the issues that came up in Kenya were, like, like financial issues, and they're like, I don't know what to do now. Like, it's hard for me to even go to church because I don't have the money to even, like, to, to get a car or anything. It's too far. Like, that's some of the issues that they face there. And then here, it's more of, like, the culture is trying to push us away from Christ. That's what the culture in America tries to do. They try to focus in on like, it's all about work and all these things, which is important, but it's, we have to remind ourselves that Christ is the center of our lives. 
like we work because Christ told us to work, you know, like we work because uh, we enjoy what we get from working. We enjoy the more like the food we eat when we are working for it, you know, but like it's in a relationship to Christ with the, it's still a focus on Christ rather than just like working to work. So like there are differences in that sense, but the similarity is like trying to make Christ the center of your life. You focus in on like Christ is the reason why we're doing this mission work. Christ is the reason why we came to these places to talk about Christ, to show them that like the light we have in our lives is what brought us here. It's what guided us to talk to them about Christ. And we're not just going to pass by because we felt like we didn't need to. Because Christ wanted us to come there because we could literally be the only light that they ever experienced in their life. And we don't want to take that for granted. We want to show them that like they had the chance to turn to Christ and we left it up to them. We gave them as much like background and as much love as we could give. But are they going to take it? Are they going to make Christ the center of their lives? And are they going to do the mission work that we came to them for? That's what I have to say about like similarities and differences. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, you, you, you highlighted it at the end, kind of, you know, like you give a service and it's up to the people to decide, you know, what they get out of that service. And that's very important. And I think it's something that we need to learn, not just, you know, serving abroad or serving, you know, in communities, but even in our local churches or even at home where it's like, you know, not everyone's going to take what you say and like, you know, appreciate it the way they should or that you feel like they should. Some people are going to take what you say and just be like, yeah, whatever. Like he's just saying whatever, you know, some people are going to care about it a lot. Some people aren't going to care. And it's more of just like, do your part, you know, like you plant the seeds and you let God increase. Um, and I think a lot of times in the service in general, that's something that, you know, we miss out on, um, in the church, but I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit, um, a little bit more about, you know, the service and like how it functions, how it works, like how exactly, you know, a lot of people, they, they think about, oh, I want to go serve in Africa. I want to do all these things, but it's kind of like scary to, you know, just kind of go to a different country and do those things. So what did you kind of take away from your experiences, uh, at Kenya, in Kenya, um, that you would kind of use as like a sales pitch, if you will? Honestly, I would say that like, we try to make it seem like we're doing the work where they're serving, but honestly, I think they, I think in some cases they benefited for me more than I did for them. Like I learned so much more from these trips. You know, I gave a lesson uh, a few months ago to my Sunday school youth and I was talking about just like looking out in nature and just appreciating God's work. And you can only experiencing the, experience that by going outside and traveling is important to like experience those things. You know, like in Kenya, you'd see things that you wouldn't see here. You know, we. Uh, we did we did allergy on top of a mountain, a peak of a mountain that I wouldn't have experienced anywhere else. And you can just look out and like see the beauty of what God created in all those cases. But when it comes to actual mission work, there are stories that like inspired me in a way that I wouldn't have experienced anywhere else. And you can only experience for yourself by going. I can't even just tell you about this, but you have to see their expression. You have to see their face of how it affected them. So, for example, one of these stories was there was a woman and we were talking to her about like, why why god is important and like we there was we told the story about joseph and potiphar in the old test or potiphar's wife in the old testament and this woman she was working like she's she's a prostitute right and we were telling her like this is like christ wants us to respect ourselves like we are 
like the temple of God's spirit, you know? So we're, we're just trying to convince her like, this is wrong, but this is literally her owner's only source of money. This is the only way she can make a living for her and her family. So she like, it, it's, it's, it's different like thinking about like the struggles that other people face and then like relating it back to yourself. And you're just like, wow, like, do I even have anything to say? Like, what am I supposed to say to that? How am I supposed to bring them if I wasn't ever in the position like that, where it's like their only source of money is doing something like that, their only source of living. How am I supposed to convince them that, yeah, God provides when I haven't been in that position ever. I haven't been in a position where it was like, I, am, I don't know if I'm gonna survive the next day by trusting God. That's something that like we take back with us. That's like, I trust God. The ne we have to convince ourselves that like no matter what happens in our lives, like God's gonna provide for us the next day. And that's something that you'd only realize that for some people it actually applies to them. In Kenya, it actually applied to this woman. Another story was there was a guy who, who was Christian, right? And the thing is in Africa, like sometimes the biggest issue is just like admitting that you, you're a Christian, like, and being able to like try to push for that, you know, because like some people would just like try to kill you for that, for being Christian. Here it's like, yeah, you get a little talked back. You could get like, it could rile up some arguments, but over there, like you could actually be killed for it. So there was a guy who his neighbor knew he was Christian and his neighbor didn't like that. And in Kenya, you could, be, like if you stole from someone else because like like money is very important because like they literally need it for a living if you steal something from someone like they can they can gather up people to literally kill you so there was there was a man who knew who was christian and his neighbor knew he was christian and he didn't like that so his neighbor convinced the whole neighborhood that this guy stole one of his cattle and the whole neighborhood like we he told us about the story because we know it's like some something about his body, like he had burns all over his body. This whole neighborhood burned him alive, but he survived. He survived because he still told us this story. And it's literally like, these are the struggles that people face. And this is only you can find out by going, like traveling out. You can only find these stories about like, re like these are like, you could find real saints, like just by traveling, by going out on these mission trips. And it benefits you maybe even more than these people. And yeah, you could benefit, of course, we, the aim is to benefit these people. But honestly, like, I think that it benefits us even more sometimes because I was inspired in ways that I can never describe. And that's why, like, I always wear this, like, Kenya cross around, right? Because it's like a reminder of, like, this is how this, this is how this trip changed me, you know? Like, I try to wear things that, like, to reflect back on, like, this is what changed me. This is what got me here. Don't forget that. That's what these trips can do for you. This is what these missionary trips can do for you. I agree 100%. Um, first of all, those, those are some beautiful stories. But um, I, the thing I agree with the most of what you said is, you know, like kind of like the service doesn't need us, but we need the service. Kind of like how we benefit more from serving others than the benefit that we give them. Um, and it's something that's been said multiple times on this podcast by tons of people. So, um, and I agree 100%. You know, I think, you know, one of the takeaways from my trip to Zambia one of the biggest takeaways is like you almost like when you go to these trips, you almost feel like you, you notice how small you are, you know, kind of like the entire world, right? In America, like it's very like self-centered, the entire culture. Everyone is like focus on yourself, like, you know, push yourself, build yourself. And it's all about you, 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 it's all, sorry. It's all about me, me, me. Right. Whereas like in Africa, it's more not necessarily Africa, but like abroad, you know, it's more about like, the family, the community, you know, life is bigger than you there. 
instead of you're being bigger than life. And I think that, you know, when I was in Zambia, one of the, um, one of the like natives there said a very funny phrase. He said, in America, there's a me and an I, but in Africa, there's an F for family. And I just, I took that and I was like, you know, that's, that's, that's true. And that's something that we should try and apply in our lives here in America. So my question for you is, you know, of those experiences, you know, how can you take that stuff that you learned and apply it to your, to your life here in America? Well, I mean, if we talk about like the lesson, like the lesson that I learned about like God providing for the next day, you know, we always face, like everyone faces their own issues, but the issue, like the real problem comes in is remembering God in those issues, like how God will provide us for us, even past these issues. And we completely just keep looking back at God and something that like helps me think about that a lot more and something that like pushed me more for that, not just like the story, but like there is back in, when was it? It was the Coptic New Year. Abu Elisha was talking about um, the end times, right? And he was giving a really like nice message of like, keep your eyes for the end, like the end, like look for the end, like with the, keep the end in mind. That's what he said. He said, keep the end in mind. And that's something that we have to remind ourselves every day that like past these issues, if we just think about the end, like we don't, we don't have to worry about like, what, what will happen the next, next day because we know that at the end we'll, we, will, we will be with God. And that's what's important. Like that's what we're living for. We're not living for work. We're not living for school. We're living for God. And we're using these things like school and work to, to reflect on God more, to, to put God more in our lives in these, in, these, in these things in our lives, right? So like, for example, like one of the things I like thinking about when like keeping the end in mind um, he was telling us that, like, in the church, uh, there's an icon in the back that's for the transfiguration. And that's, like, thinking about, like, the 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 end we're going to have, like, the glorified bodies we're going to have, like, at the end times. So I like thinking about just, like, you know, when we're, when we're doing all our work, we usually forget, like, the progress we made in our lives. Like, we sometimes we focus so much on, like, just, like, one goal, we forget, like, the, everything we've done in the past, you know? So, like, and we can only realize that by just taking a pause and, like, looking back and looking where you are. And we forget that, like, through this whole way, God's the one that carried us through this whole way. It's like, it's like going, like, if we're traveling, like, to the end, it's like we're crossing a river and, like, God's really carrying us. Like, we're, we're, like, we're walking on water, right? It's like our faith is holding us and we forget, like, where we're at until we actually, like, look around, and we realize like how much closer we are to the end, how much pr- progress we've made. And it's important that in those moments, it's even more important to keep God with you because you've made so much progress, you don't wanna decline back. You wanna keep moving forward. That's something that like you can take back from any mission, like my mission trip, that's something I took back. That's like, I have to think about the end and I, th- I have to think about that like even for the next step, God's still gonna be there. That faith is gonna still support me for the next step until I reach the end, until like the goal has been achieved. And you're only like, and something to support you is just keep looking back, like realize like what you've done, what the progress you've made with God, that, that God supported you along the way. And we always, I feel like we always forget that. I feel like we always forget that like, we underappreciate like a lot of the things in our lives, but we like, we can only realize like the progress we've made, the progress that like God has supported us along the way once we look back yeah and i love that analogy of like you know kind of like walking on water 
you know, because it's and it, like with like God's like God is walking us through the water. And I think that I agree with you. A lot of times we do forget about kind of like where we came from, where we are at now. And I think one of the things that this service does for you is not only does it open your eyes up to think, you know, about where you are now or where you were in the past, but you can see Christ in every single thing you do because you have to in a service. You really have to, especially, especially mission trips abroad. You have to see Christ in everything you do, right? Because, you know, and I don't know about all mission trips. I know for me, like the prayer wasn't constant prayer wasn't an option. It was necessary. Like you had to be constantly praying because you never knew. Like when you were there, we didn't know what we were doing the next day. Like the, that was kind of the vibe where it's just kind of like, oh, today we're doing this. Today we're doing that. You know, one day we're going to go preach on the street. What We didn't know. You know, we ended up in some very, you know, maybe dangerous situations. Um, there was a couple times where, you know, you were, you were praying, hoping that, you know, God would take you, uh, take you out of these places alive. Like it's, it's a real thing. So, and you realize that I'm living in this for two weeks. These people do this daily, every single day for their whole lives. They wake up in the same dangers, in the same predicaments, with way less than we had when we were there. And they have to fight through it every single day. And the, the part that makes it even better is most of them, they don't even fight for themselves. They're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking about their families. They're thinking about their communities. And it's, you know, and it's very similar to, you know, like the early church where it's, you know, in communion with God altogether, in one accord. You know, we spent the, our entire mission trip, the theme was in one accord. You know, so, and it reminds us that we're all one body. It reminds us that we're all together. And I think that's, as a Coptic community, it's one of the things that, probably the thing that we forget the most, is that we are one community. We're all brothers, like it's not us fighting against each other, we're fighting for each other, with each other. And I think a lot of times we forget that and that's normal. It's, you know, human life, human nature, but you know, we need to kind of push past that and think more of, you know, what the community is. So how can we kind of take those lessons and because obviously not all of us have gone on mission trips, not all of us have, you know, had these beautiful experiences. So how can we take what we've learned from these experiences and kind of, you know, help introduce that into our friend groups, into our lives? I think it all comes like and how we made it like change our character you know like people notice like some different things and we have to realize that like we can't just let this be, you know you get like the you get the vibe you get from different people after like a retreat that seemed like they changed their lives but then there's like a cool down we have to like remind ourselves that like this is how it changes and like every single day like i'm a changed person because god showed me this in this trip you know like one like was you were talking there was a story that came back in my mind about like we we visited two prisons that was that was the thing that i was praying about like when i heard that we were going to yeah. speak in a prison i was like yeah we did the same thing it was <laughs> i was i was like i don't know about this because i was a freshman in high school like this was yeah. like a while ago and i was like a young guy i was the youngest guy and i was like i don't know if i can do this and then like i even had to like give a talk to like 300 prisoners right and like the one of the talks was like I was I was thinking about like what do I even say and we have to remind ourselves that like when we're talking to each other like yes it's the Holy Spirit that comes out like that speaks through us but we have to think about like what does this person need to hear like are we just gonna talk from like what what changed us or like what does this person need to hear that's what that's like that's what Saint Paul did in his letters like he addressed issues that the people need to needed to hear 
you know, we, what the messages we have, we have to focus in on like what's going on in their lives. How can God support them in this moment in their lives? So like the talk that came to mind for these prisoners was um, the story that Jesus gave, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, where the tax collector, when he was praying, or the, I'll start with the Pharisee. The Pharisee, when he was praying, his prayer started off with like, I'm glad I'm not like the tax collector or a thief. Like I'm happy with the person I am. And I'm like, I'm, I thank you because like I'm a great man of God, you know? And the tax collector just was in tears and was like, I'm a sinner, like, forgive me. Like, this is what they needed to hear. This is what they needed to hear that, like, yeah, we're giving these talks, but we're no greater than you. We're not better than you in any way. You know, both of our debts are going to be forgiven at the end of the day. It doesn't matter, like, even the two debtors, they both owe different amounts. But at the end of the day, both of their debts were forgiven. As long as we ask for forgiveness, like, or I'm not any better than you. You know, that's, like, something that, like, that, like, they needed to hear. And we have to, like, I take back even these things, like, trying to address things that like some people need to hear in their lives you know like thinking about like what does my friend need to hear in their life right now like is it something an issue that like i can relate back to and something in the past or is it something that like i have to tell them like this is even someone in the bible that's what the bible is for like the bible is like these people and these saint stories it's like these people live these lives before us we're not alone like we think like we're alone a lot of times and we just have to look back like these saints lived way worse than us. Like like they put themselves through like the worst of the worst for God. This is like their their worship for God. That's how much they love God that they're willing. Like it's nothing for them. Like that's something that like we have to remind ourselves. And like that even with our friends, like you're not alone. You know, like that's something that you can bring back to your friends. That, like this is how this trip changed me. This is how. So, yeah, just like remembering that you you're not alone in all these situations like what do you need what do your friends need to hear in these situations you know like this is what the prisoners need to hear how do i find it more difficult to like give this message to my friends how do i find it more difficult to spread the word of god to my friends rather than to prisoners in a complete other country and keep in mind these like prisoners were speaking a different language so there was a language barrier like we had a translator but i had to pause every like five seconds like every time i gave it like i said a sentence there had to be the translator so even with all these barriers, how do I find it more difficult to spread like the word of God and the message of God with my own friends? How do I find it more difficult to live like Christ with my friends? It's it's supposed to be a much easier way, but we usually try to convince ourselves that like, oh, I don't want to be judged. Like, I still want to have these friends. The world's hated Christ first. Like, why, why do we have these issues with our friends that like they're going to judge us in a certain way? Like, at the end of the day, like God will provide for us. That's something we have to remember every single day of our lives. Yeah. And I mean, I understand the viewpoint of like, you know, like your friends aren't really gonna, you know, some, some people do really get offended by, you know, what you believe. But in my personal opinion, this is a very, pers very personal opinion, right? I must speak on behalf of anyone. Um, like those people shouldn't be your friends in the first place. Like mm -hmm. If they don't share the same values, the same, the same, you know, whatever, like you should probably find some new friends that share those same things with you, you know? And it, it's one of the things you learn in, in, in service in general is you learn like how to mature past thinking, what, like believing what others think about you, you know, and kind of just seeing yourself in the eyes of God and just seeing yourself based on who you were yesterday, right? Because if you always think about, oh, what does this person think? What does that person think? Like, you're not going to please everyone. And if you keep, mm -hmm. if you live like that, you're not going to please anyone. So you have to just kind of, 
you know, take ownership of the truth and take ownership of who you are. And if people don't like you for it, so be it, you know? You know, I think it's really cool. Like, God's even working with us through this podcast because you're talking about, like, the benefit from service and, like, those friends that we have. They're not even, like, worth even has, having as friends. Last week, we were literally, I was literally talking about this with my Sunday school youth. And, like, it was literally a full discussion for, like, 20 minutes about, like, having your having like a bad friend that you know is a bad friend but you don't want to lose them and like what it means to you and i think that like it's even important for us to talk about right now because what i told them as their fourth and fifth graders is that like when you're older you realize like honestly how stupid it was to like even like think like that would that would end off well like with those friends even when we were younger because you see the difference that like Maybe a bad friend, if they if they're very constant in their ways and they they're very stubborn in like what they want to do, what it turns for for them out to be like when they want to live away from Christ, and like the good friends that like when they were when they stood firm in their faith, like where they are now, it's something that like even for us today we should think about every day. That like is is this situation bringing me closer to Christ? Is this friend bringing me closer to Christ? Is this worth? Is this friend worth? like having in my life if they're going to take me away from the best friend I could ever ask for you know the one that made the ultimate sacrifice for me when I didn't deserve it at all you know is it like is this person bringing me to and bringing me closer to the best friend for both of us yeah and I think like I agree 100% I think another thing that we can ask ourselves is am I being that good friend am I that good friend that Mm -hmm. you know sets that example and that takes that stand you know, because it's very easy to point fingers and be like, oh, this person's bad, this person sucks, this person this, this person that. But in my own life, am I doing the things that I say I'm doing or that I say that I should do? You know, something that very, especially as Sunday school servants, that you learn really quickly. that You have to say a lot of stuff that you believe in but that you may not do. You know, and you need to start doing it because it's really hard to tell. For I teach first and second grade, so it's really hard for me to tell, you know, six, seven-year-olds read the Bible every day. I mean, they mm-hmm. can barely read. So for yeah. them, reading the Bible is like a big deal. But I don't read the Bible myself every day, you know? Like, it's you, you can't have that double standard. You have to read the Bible every day in order to tell them to read the Bible every day. Yeah. You know, and it goes back to this whole service, like, mission trip thing. Like, when you go to these mission trips, you're telling people to pray all day, to read the Bible all day. And when you're there, you're doing that. But is it just for that two-week period when you're there? Or is it, you know, when you go home in your own life, do you apply that? And it's obviously like, I'm not judging anyone that doesn't do it. You know, mm-hmm. after my mission trip, I, I didn't, you know, I was still going, you know, I was going into my freshman year of high school. So, you know, still really young back then, you know, I'd be lying if I said right now I do it every day, you know, mm-hmm. but you always have to struggle to continue to improve yourself day by day. And I think that's something that the service teaches you both, you know, when it comes to like mission trips and not mission trips, it's where it's like you, you can't be the same person you were yesterday. You can't. That's not setting an example, you know? And it's just really important to, like, try to always remember that, like, we, we're we not trying to be, like, a hypocrite. We don't want to be the person that says, like, yeah, do this, but I'm actually going to do this. You know, it's like, like, as I said before, it's like, am I really trusting in God to provide for the next day? As I'm telling this person who's living, like, a life where they have to worry about every single cent they have, am I, to, for them to trust God that, like, God will provide, just don't do this, like, this is wrong, but, and God will provide, but you actually have nothing else to fall back on. Am I doing that? Like, I have to think about, like, 
am I really trusting God in that way? Or am I just like, am I relying on like other things that like is away from God to try to support that? Am I doing the same thing that like, that I'm telling them not to do? That's a really important message because they can even see that through your character, Mm -hmm. you know, through your character. If every single thing you're talking about is that like you trust that like God will provide for you because he did this for you. And you even have stories to tell that's like, this is what happened to me. But when I trust in God, this happened. How much more believable would you be? You know, that's something that like even our life lessons like we can bring to them. We can't just share a message. We have to in order for them to change something personal about them. We have to share something personal that how God did something for us. That's like we always have to think about that and not be a hypocrite. And you think about like the greatest preachers in, you know, the church in general and history and even now, like, you know, St. Paul, like what happened to him? Christ showed himself to him and made him blind and changed his entire, changed the entire course of his life. Mm, I you love know? that story. Yeah. It's, I love it's that. a great story. And you think about like, there's tons of tons of examples of people, you know, you, you can meet in your own lives who, you know, the people who have the greatest impact in their words have the greatest actions as well. You know, like you can't just say stuff, say stuff, say stuff and not do anything about it. You know, like there has to be, you know, a doing and a saying. Even think about contemporary figures like Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. Right. If he just said equality, 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 but didn't teach, but didn't, you know, um, sorry, but didn't like actually treat everyone equally, who would listen? Mm-hmm. Who would listen? You know what I'm saying? You know, all these great people that we think about in our history and American history and you know, global history and, you know, the church's history. Why were they all good preachers? Because they had stuff to back it up with. They had experiences, they had stories, they had their lives, they had how they acted. And it's very important for us where it's like, sure, we can say all this stuff, but people see right through it. And we, we really, you know, it's almost like we kind of, um, uh, like we almost like discredit the Holy Spirit instead of mm-hmm. other people. Like they can see right through it. They know the truth, you know? So it's another reminder, you know, from the service that we need to continue to, you know, push for that, you know, perfection, if you will. And it's like, even like, it be, it's a little disheartening when you see someone that like, even someone I look up to and I see them do something that doesn't apply for them. That's like why it's important. But like, as servants, like, that's why it's even more important to show that like, I'm not just sharing this message. Like I'm trying to bring you guys to Christ because like I'm a hypocrite I I'm a sinner just like you I'm not going to be perfect you can't follow don't solely follow me follow the person I follow if you're going to follow me follow me because of who I'm following you know that's why it's even more important because like the best teacher is the one that can apply all his teachings and there's only one person that's been able to do that and that's Christ he's the only one that's been able to give all these teachings and apply it for in his life completely that's why we need to bring everyone to christ like we're sharing these teachings and we're trying to show them that like hey i'm not the good teacher there's only one good teacher i'm just the person that's trying to show you who the good teacher is you know if if you can't find that in your life right now like be that light for them that shows them who the good teacher is that applied it for every moment in their lives and i said about the saint paul story because um even like i talk about this a lot that like St. Paul required so much humility. Like, people ask, like, why St. Paul? Why did Jesus appear to St. Paul and not me? Can you imagine how much humility it took to give up something that, like, his whole life is for, you know? Like, he was, like, he believed in God, but, like, he believed that 
his was the right way that he would like kill Christians. Like he would, he was persecuting Christians. Imagine how much humility and how much anguish he had to go through to just like completely change everything for the person that like he sees as true, like Jesus Christ. He had to give up so much to where it was like he changed his name. Like he chose like the different pronunciation of his name because he didn't want to think of himself as Saul. He wanted to think of himself as how Christ changed his life, how like Christ made a difference for him and all these teachings. And like he, he literally didn't change his name because he didn't want to think about it at all before. Imagine how much humility that takes to have to think about like, this is something that I've been working for my whole life. But I'm willing to give it up completely for Christ. Imagine how much humility that takes. And that's humility that I would say it's past a lot of us. That's why Christ showed himself to St. Paul, you know? That's like why the story is so good about Saint, about Christ re- revealing himself to St. Paul because after that, St. Paul went further than any other apostle sharing the message about Jesus, you know? That change changed the man from Saul to St. Paul, the person that went further than anyone else and the person that gave up everything in his past for the new life that Christ is giving us. That's why I love that story so much. And going on the St. Paul thing, I mean, like he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. And it relates back to the message you said earlier, where it's like, don't follow us, you know, like, like don't follow us, like follow the people that follow the person that we follow. And I think it's, it, it, you know, and it's something that you, you learn like very, very quickly as you grow up that, you know, your servants are not perfect people mm-hmm. and you can't imitate them completely. And you have mm-hmm. to imitate what they imitate. And it, it's very, it's very tough as, you know, being a servant, you know, and, and thinking about the fact that every kid is watching your every single move, whether you realize it or not. And they're trying to be like you, you know, cause you are the physical representation of Christ in their life, you know, not just to them, to everyone around you. So sure the stakes are high and sure the pressure is high, but it's like you, you have to rely on God fully to allow him to reveal himself in you. You know, it goes back to that trusting God thing and, you know, the service, we learn so much from the service that, you know, it doesn't need us. God will always find his workers. There's always laborers for the harvest. Mm-hmm. We're, we're lucky that we get to be one of them. Yeah. You know, so just, uh, you know, you always got to keep serving. You always got to keep pushing yourself. And he carries you along the way, you know, like something that I remember is there's a chapter in Ezekiel that talks about a man going to like a riverbank and like you put your feet in. And you felt like a little bit of resistance, right? There's like, the water's like kind of light, like from the current, but like you really don't feel anything. You go deeper, it goes up to your ankles. You feel a little bit of resistance, but not much at all to where it affects you. It goes higher and higher. Your knees, you feel resistance. And then you, it goes up to your neck and the current is so strong that it just takes you away. And this is the power of God. The more we let ourselves go deeper into this relationship with God, the more he's going to carry us along the way to where we don't even have to resist. Like, if we go so deep into the relationship that, like, it's hard for us to even turn back, like, compl- like it's really, really hard for us to even turn back, that's the goal. That's, like, we don't, like, even if we try, like, of, of course we wouldn't, but even if we try to hold back, the current is so strong, we've dealt, like, we've dived into this relationship so strong that we're just getting carried along the way. That's the aim. That's the aim that, like, this, this is what God wants to, that's what we want God to carry us along the way. He wants, we want God to take control, but we have to make sure that we're, we're the ones choosing to go deeper and deeper into this dive, in, into the riverbank, that, so that God will carry us along the way. Because like, 
can you imagine that it's not it's not a still river this is a current taking along the way you don't have to swim in order to go go further god's going to carry you along that way as long as you're willing to let him as long as you go deeper and deeper into that it's not going to be just you working and working like god's going to carry you you're not even going to do anything like like you're going to let god work through you that's the only thing you're going to do and like it's even thinking about like you know the the verse in Romans, like it's it's a very popular one. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Right? It's it's always thinking about that because like even the transaction of like if I sin, I deserve death. Like the sin that's not associated with the good God at all, like I deserve death for it. But even the good we do is not us. The gift of God is eternal life. It's a grace. It's a free gift that we don't even deserve. That, like, we can't even comprehend that, like, no matter what we do, it's not from us. It's from God. So how do we even, like, deserve that? It's a gift. It's a free gift. You know, like, we have to remind ourselves that, like, this is not us working. This is God working through us. I actually, I really like that analogy um, of the river. And, you know, something that it reminds me of is um, the book Elements. I don't know if you've read mm-hmm. it. Um, quickly. Uh, if you've not read the book Elements, please read it. It's, it's very, 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 very good. You should read it. Um, but, you know, and it talks about in the four parts, you know, becoming like earth, becoming like water, becoming like wind, becoming like fire. And something, something that the book Elements like kind of reminds me of is like that becoming like earth. That's like kind of the process that you go through when you go on these mission trips, which is why I'm a big proponent for going on mission trips before mm-hmm. you turn 21. Um because what it does is it breaks you down. It really kind of pushes, breaks down that hard wall and it makes you like that first step in trusting God and really trusting God. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then obviously you move on through and you continue to develop your spiritual life and hopefully one day we can all be like fire. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was the point I was going to make about elements. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I would say you you were talking about like how important it is to go on a mission trip before you like especially like yeah. before 21. And I think that's like a great point because we talked about um I don't know when this episode or the or this episode will come out. Uh, this but one we, comes out before the one we filmed last week. Okay, but we, the one we filmed last week we were talking about Coptic youth and like we were talking about identity like when we're shaping our identity, especially at a young age before 21, it's so important to go on these trips to have something that like will keep you this way. Because like past 21, we've kind of we kind of grow stubborn and, you know, like we wouldn't be like St. Paul. That would be like giving up like your whole past to create someone new for Christ. Like it's a little bit harder when you have more time in your life. You know, it's like you've have you've had all these experiences. You're just like, this is who I am. So it's even more important to like when you're developing yourself, it's much easier to have Christ with you at a young age. You know, it's much important. It's very important to go on these mission trips at a young age because it I feel like it can change you more with like the little experience that you've had, the less experience you've had in your life when you're younger. That it'll help you create your identity with Christ even more with these experiences is so important to go on mission trips because you see a different way of living. You see it in a, maybe a younger part of your life if you go on a younger, like when you're younger. And it's even important, like you see God's creation in different ways. You know, you see different cultures, how they how they rely on Christ, different from America. I mean, yeah, those are like 
those would be, I would say, like my final thoughts about how important it is to go on a mission trip, even here. Like it's important to share the message of God, um, even here. That's like mission work here. This, this is a mission trip, like working here, like spreading the word of God. It can be even harder here because this is like where we grew up and we don't want to be looked at sometimes as a different way. But this is when it's even more important. When people like, I have a friend that like, he was telling me about how, he was saying about, he's, he's Catholic and he was talking about how he, like he loves spreading the word of God, but like he doesn't think he should start doing it until he becomes a pastor so he could be like more credible. And I told him like, as, at this age right now, it's even more important to share the word of God. Cause like you look at a pastor, a lot of people like look at like priests and pastors as like, man, they're like, this is what they made for a living. This is just who they are. But when they see a young person just love God so much completely, like through school and everything, that can make an, like a more impactful message. It can. Like, it doesn't matter who, what background it is, no matter who it is, like, they can make a strong message for God. And that's why it's, like, even more important to have this missionary work here, you know? Like, you hear all these stories about people, like, sharing the message of God and getting backlash, but, like, are we, are we really going to think about that when all these saints have gone through so much and so much worse? Like, it's really important to do that. I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Turn on post notifications. Um, please like, comment, and subscribe so we can upgrade to a studio because filming this stuff is, is quite hard. Thank you, Kira, for bearing with me with all this stuff. And thank you for coming on the podcast again. See you guys next week. And thank you. Bye. Please pay money. Please pay me money. I need a studio.